And welcome back to another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. I am your guy, AJ, here with my guy, Tyler, in the building. What's up, college football fans? Welcome back to another episode. Um, lots of good games last week, man. We picked six of them, and uh, a lot of these games ended up being uh, not what we saw coming. Some of them we predicted. Uh, actually, very few of them we got right against the spread, but uh, we won't touch on that. We'll... Uh, <laughs> We'll quickly uh, pass over that. But uh, overall thoughts from last week's games, lots of good stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I watched all these games so hard. We're not claiming to be college football experts here, guys. This is just two diehard fans giving you our take on on how we think things are going to go. And this college football season has been absolute chaos. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, especially early in the season to kind of figure out um, which of these teams, you know, just got a big win early on. And that's not necessarily how their season's going to go. Which of these teams had a close win early on or maybe even lost the game early on and will end up riding the ship and uh, having a good season overall. So it's kind of kind of hard early on to get things um, uh, in the right direction. But once you kind of get about to this point, we're a third of the way into the college football regular season at least four games for most teams being played already um so you're starting to kind of figure out what these teams look like as far as um their makeup for the season whether or not they can contend in their conference don't you think oh yeah absolutely this is um kind of make or break time right now you're either going to contend going into the heart of your conference schedule or you're going to be exposed for what you are and uh, we're going to get a really good idea this week, I think. Yeah, a lot of teams getting exposed already. Um, one of the games that we touched on last week, we thought it had a chance to be a really good game, and it was. You had the number five team in the country last week, Clemson. They were 3-0 and going into this game. They were going on the road, though, at Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a ranked top 25 team. They were also undefeated. They're home underdogs. Um, they, were, they were underdogs by seven points in this game. And both of us took Clemson to cover that spread. And uh, this was a really good game. It, it was back and forth pretty much the entire way. Um, neither team really got out to a huge lead at any point. The second half was actually going Wake Forest way um, until it wasn't. And then uh, DJ Uyunglele, I mean, we, uh, we said that we wanted to see some more out of him. He brought it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Clemson fails to cover by one point due to the new uh, overtime rules, forced him to go for two and double overtime. Uh, DJ heard my cry, though, for a quarterback change, and he went for 371 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, Sam Hartman, the Wake Forest quarterback, one up some with one extra touchdown on similar yardage. He goes for six right there. Uh, not the Clemson defense we expected to see. I mean, Wake Forest kind of had their way with them and, you know, turned the this game into a shootout which you know we expected a good game but we expected you know Clemson's defense to be a little bit too much for them to handle and it was not yeah I mean if you tell me Clemson scores 51 points in this game this time last week I tell you that this game's a blowout blowout there's just no way I see this Clemson defense giving up 45 points but uh you touched on it their secondary in particular got exposed in my opinion um, I watched the entirety of this game, and it seemed like time and time again. Now, 
Wake Forest runs this kind of weird offense where they do this really long, drawn-out uh, read option, basically, where the quarterback, Sam Hartman, has mm-hmm. got the ball in the running back's gut for four seconds sometimes. It's a long time. And then some every now and then he will just rip it out of there and throw a bomb down the field. And it seemed like time after time on Saturday, he was connecting with his receivers um, number nine, I believe it is. A.T. Perry is a stud. Um, he's going to be drafted pretty high in the upcoming NFL draft. Um, but it was just time after time that Sam Hartman was able to rip that ball out of the running back's gut at the last second, throw a bomb 30, 40, 50 yards down the field. And these Wake Forest receivers were going up and high-pointing the ball and bringing it down over the Clemson secondary. And that's what was able to keep them in this game. Yeah, and if you notice when he does hand the ball off to these running backs uh, after such a long delay, you've let the play develop so much that your holes are there, dude. I mean, they were breaking them out for 10, 8 to 10 yards a carry. I mean, it was very impressive. It's nothing like I've ever seen, uh, not something that we're certainly used to, but it was working for them. And, I mean, they drug this game out. Yeah, tough, uh, tough position for us to be in there at the end. Obviously, like you said, got to go for two there starting in the second overtime. They don't convert it at that point. I knew that uh, Clemson was not going to end up covering the score. So that's tough. They still pull out a win. Such a load of crap that we lose (laughs) that one. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. We'll get a chance to uh, right the ship with Clemson. They have a big showdown, even bigger than this past week, um, coming up this week against NC State. So we'll touch on that actually here in just a few minutes. But let's move on to the second game we picked last week. You had number 17, Baylor, um, 2-1 and one on the season, going on the road to an undefeated Iowa State Cyclone team um, that was actually favored by two and a half here at home. Um you know, the spread was right there, close enough to to kind of just a pick em game. But uh, we thought it would be low scoring, and it kind of was there. Uh, you know, Baylor ends up pulling out that game 31-24 to 24 on the road. Um, they cover that spread, obviously. And uh, you picked Baylor, so uh, give me your thoughts. W- what made you think uh, that they had a chance in this one? Yeah, they win this one outright. Uh, they scored in all four quarters. That's That's a big piece. It was a very well-rounded game for the Bears. They got uh, they got to the quarterback sacking sacking him four times, eight tackles for loss, two interceptions. They were causing havoc on defense. Uh, I touched last week on Iowa State's Deckers. He throws two picks, has a fumble, and uh, Iowa State they just did not get the job done as far as getting to the quarterback nearly enough. I mean they. Baylor had all the time that they needed to pick apart that defense. That's exactly what they did. And and this is probably the most well-rounded uh, whole complete game from the from Baylor that we've seen thus far this season. Uh, and it's exciting to see what, what they can do going forward with that because it's definitely something to build off of. Yeah, Baylor, another team that's got another good matchup coming up this week. So this is actually the third week um out of the first uh, five or six weeks here that we'll be talking about Baylor so they're making frequent appearances yeah. on the show they're doing something right if you guys hate like Baylor or, or Florida or Clemson these teams that we're talking about a lot you got to let us know on Instagram we'll change <laughs> up our uh, Saturday six if it's worth it yeah I mean these are just uh some of the most intriguing games Baylor can't help that they uh, are playing good competition and they're a good team themselves so um we'll touch on them 
here in a minute. Uh, moving on, 3.30 kickoff on CBS. A lot of hype surrounding this game. You have the Florida Gators, who uh, were 2-1 and one going into this game, going on the road to Rocky Top to face off against the number 11-ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Volunteers were big 10-point favorites at home. They had won one out of the last 17 matchups in this series. So the odds were stacked against them. But a big 38-33 to 33 win. Gators uh, tack one on there late as a little backdoor cover. Um, so that one's tough as, uh, as um, Tennessee betters. But a uh, big win for the Vols. Dude, Tennessee's defense looks suspect. <laughs> Pump the brakes on that a little bit. Uh, their offense did exactly what we expected them to do. Hendon Hooker looked like the best player on the field, getting it done through the air with his legs, as he should in this game. That's what everyone expects out of him, and he did just that. Uh, Tennessee fumbled twice and lost both times, uh, giving Florida a chance to stick around late uh, more than they should. Still not going to give Florida any credit here. I contributed this to Tennessee making this one closer than it should have been, not Florida making it close so put the brakes on tennessee's defense i still think that they can do big things obviously they're a little bit young we want to see them uh get a little bit more formidable there but this offense man it's gonna be tough to handle man it is gonna give some teams fits this year and we've we've seen it time and time again already yeah i have to agree i got uh maybe two final points to add to that, uh, one, Tennessee did what they did against Florida without their best receiver in Cedric Tillman. Um, yep. That was uh, um, an announcement that was made on Friday um, after we made our picks for that game. So uh, they'll get him back, which will just only add to this offense. Hendon Hooker is a Heisman candidate, as he should be. He's been playing out of his mind. Um, like you said, for Florida, I mean, we touched on this in week one. I said – Florida needs a win against Utah because if they don't, there's a very real possibility that they go one and three. They do get that win against Utah, and for that reason, they're two and two. So um, that, like I said, has proved to be a very big win so far for Florida. And it looks like Utah is probably going to end up being a nine or ten win team, like we said. So um, it's kind of kind of crazy to think about, but uh, this could be a six seven win Florida team that beats a nine ten win Utah team, but. They still got no offense. Yes. Uh, or a defense. It's tough. Anthony Richardson did or play. Or special teams <laughs> or head coach. I'll say Anthony Richardson did play much better in this game. Um, it was sort of a bounce back game for him, especially through the air. Um, he was able to throw mm -hmm. the ball a lot more efficiently than he has the last several weeks. So um, I'll give them that. Um, I just think this was this was a bad spot for Florida to be in coming off of a Kentucky game, coming off of a Utah game, um, a tough South Florida game. Uh, so uh, just wasn't a great you gotta spot. Be real, dude. Tennessee just wanted this one more. I mean, Florida wanted it to you know save a little bit of face, but Tennessee's been hungry for this game for a long time and they knew it was the year to get it done and they executed they wanted this game more yeah definitely i think so the score reflects that uh moving on our fourth game that we talked about last week the oregon ducks were two and one ranked number 15 in the polls going on the road to the washington state cougars who were undefeated 
Oregon was favored by six and a half, so just under a touchdown there. To take Oregon, you had to pick them to win by a touchdown. We both thought they would do that, and we were both wrong again. Oregon ends up winning that game, but only by a field goal. Final score is 44-41. to 41. Big shootout going down there um, at Washington State. Uh, but a good game. Oregon, like we said, is looking to be an easy top 25, top 15 team this year after uh, that initial drubbing by Georgia. Yeah, Washington State came out of the locker room looking for a statement game, and they got off to an early lead. The eventual decline came – for Washington State, when you know costly turnovers, Oregon's able to capitalize on. Uh, Oregon didn't do anything special in this game. They just played smart, sound football for the most part. And sometimes that's all you need to pull out a win. It's not a fancy one. It's uh, not all that impressive, you know, in my opinion, at least. Uh, but it's just enough to do what they needed to do. At the end of the day, this Oregon team doesn't give a crap about the spread. The W is on their schedule, and that's what matters for the college football playoffs right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, the majority of that game Washington State was in control of, and then at the very end there you have uh, a surge from Oregon to uh, storm back, win that game. Um, not quite covered, like I said, but um, another impressive victory. They'll move to 3-1 and one on the season and continue their climb back into the top 15 of the AP poll. So um, let's move on. Let's go back to the SEC. Another great game last week. You had Arkansas, who was undefeated, on the road it was a neutral site game in arlington texas against the texas a&m aggies who needed another big win texas a&m was favored by two and we thought that not enough people were leaning on the side of arkansas and it looks like vegas was right on the money because it ends up being a push texas a&m wins by exactly two uh if you bet texas a&m or arkansas to win this game you were wrong either way. So um, final score, 23-21. But there were some huge, huge momentum-shifting plays in this game that uh, if they go the other way, could have drastically changed the outcome. Yeah, we got our first push of the season. This Texas A&M offense looks revitalized with the emergence of Max Johnson at quarterback. I said it last week. This guy knows what it takes to win and run through the heart of an SEC schedule, and he gave the Aggies exactly what they needed for a big win against a formidable opponent in Arkansas. I mentioned Devon A-Chain last week, and he shouldered a heavy load with 19 carries, 159 yards, and a touchdown en route to the win. I think it's time to take a step back and reevaluate this Arkansas secondary, though, man. They still have to play plenty of teams that are going to stretch the field, and play sideline to sideline, just like Texas A&M did, daring the secondary to come up and make a solo play. And I did not see what we needed to from that secondary as far as that goes. I mean, they're stretching it out into the flats. They're stretching them out, you know, down the field. And it's it's something that, you know, they, they need to go back to practice and they need to get a little bit stronger on. Is it a depth issue? Is it an experience? experience issue they got to find that out um because that's their weak point right now and you know that teams are watching this tape right now and they're saying this is how you beat arkansas 
So you can bet your ass that Arkansas is going to see this again. Yeah, this game is tough for me because, like I said, a couple of uh, just – Weird plays that went down that could have really changed this game. Uh, the the big one that comes to mind for me is, uh, you know, the second or the excuse me, the first half is winding down and Arkansas is driving. They're up 14 to seven. They get the ball down to like the four yard line and quarterback KJ Jefferson takes the ball on a, a design quarterback run. And he goes to jump over the the pile of the offensive lineman and stretch the ball out over the uh, over the white line there for a touchdown, and the ball gets knocked out of his hands before he gets there. Texas A and M player scoops it up. This is it's just getting started. Texas A and M player sc- scoops it up, runs it back about fifteen yards, and then gets kind of bottled up. You know, a t- uh, an Arkansas player has got him wrapped up, but he's not down. And at the last second, he hands the ball behind him to another Texas A&M player that takes off down the sideline for the next 75 yards, scores the touchdown, um, ties the game. They missed the extra point, so it was a 14-13 game. But a huge 14-point swing there where if Arkansas goes up 21-7 to there, which they were four yards away from doing, this game could have gotten out of hand and it could have gone a lot differently. So... I don't know. Last week, I I was cautious about taking Arkansas. I almost wanted to go A&M, but I said on the podcast, I thought going into this year, Arkansas was a better team than Texas A&M. So for me to go against that right now uh, wouldn't make sense. But I'm still not convinced that Texas A&M is a better team than Arkansas right now. I just that game wasn't super convincing to me, like I said already, with the some weird plays. Um but on top of that, I still you you praised Max Johnson, but I'm still not buying it, man. 23 points, seven of those came from the defense, so you're really talking about 16 or 17 points that came from your offense. Um, I just don't see that being a recipe for winning a lot of games. Yes, their defense is good; they held a really good Arkansas offense um, to 21 points, but I'm just still not buying stock in Texas A&M and. I'm not selling my stock in Arkansas either because I still think that is a nine or 10 win team as well. Oh, I a hundred percent agree with you, but let's not downplay what an amazing play that was with the lateral handoff to get to the touchdown. That is a freaking 1000 IQ play that this Texas A&M defender had that heads up ability in the selflessness to do to give it off to his buddy. They were playing checkers. Batman was playing chess. <laughs> yeah, it's not I mean, like you. It is an 1,000 IQ play, dude. It, it's ridiculous. I yeah. I would not have thought to do that. And like I said, dude, the selflessness to give the ball off to your buddy to go run even more after you're the one that stripped the ball and you're the one trying to return it. Right. Yeah, it's just hats it's not... off, round of applause. That was such an amazing play. If you didn't see it, Look it up on YouTube. I'm sure there's a million clips of it already. It was sports in our top 10, no doubt. Amazing. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't think, like, you definitely don't practice that, right? Like, you don't get reps uh, stripping a ball, running it 10 yards, and handing it off to your teammate who takes it the rest of the way. So, uh, obviously, you know, just instincts kicking in there um, and a great play that drastically changed the tone and the momentum of that game. A uh, big win for the Aggies. Tough loss for Arkansas, but I think they bounce back. Um, maybe not this next week. They got a big game coming up that we'll talk about here in a second. But 
I think it's still a good season for them overall. I'm buying into the Sam Pittman hype. I think he's got uh, those Razorbacks buying in as well. So um, last game that we touched on last week that we picked against the spread was the number seven team in the country, the USC Trojans. They were undefeated. They were on the road against Oregon State team that was also undefeated. And we were a little leery, at least I was, of those Pac-12 after dark games. Um, 9.30 kickoff on the West Coast is always some crazy stuff going down. And I predicted that Oregon State would cover. I also picked them for the upset, the outright win. I didn't get that second part right, but, man, did they cover. Final score, USC ekes it out the last second, 17-14. to 14. Um, I'm a little bit worried about this USC team. I was uh, high on them going into the year. Their defense played really well, but I was expecting more out of Caleb Williams. Yeah, not the high-scoring affair I was expecting to see at all. Caleb Williams looked completely normal, which is disappointing as opposed to the Heisman contender we thought he would be uh, come Saturday night. The only thing that won USC this game is a staggering four interceptions by Oregon State's quarterback, Chance Nolan. Your name might be Chance, but you aren't giving your team any chance to win and throwing four <laughs> picks against a team that Come on has now. the offense to be able to capitalize Come on those on mistakes. Now. Don't do them like that. Pun intended. <laughs> it, that's, it, it, it's inexcusable, man. Yeah. Four interceptions. I mean, you can't expect to win the game with four interceptions. If you see your favorite quarterback and you just see a stat line that says four, four interceptions, do you think you won that game? No. No. I, I don't care who you are. I don't care if Bryce Young has four interceptions. Bryce Young has four interceptions. They're not winning that game. Well, and uh, like we talked, well, like I said again for the Clemson game, the over under for this game was 71. 71. That's enormous. That's both teams probably scoring in the 30s, um, if not 40s. And final score, 17 to 14. If you tell me USC scored 17 points in this game last week, I'm telling you Oregon State is winning that game. Um, yeah, we, we, big we, loss. We thought it was going to be high scoring, but they're like you said, their defense, four picks, um, they, they definitely stepped up and uh, were able to save that game against the Beavers. So big one for USC. They remain undefeated. Oregon State takes its first loss of the year. And uh, we'll look to bounce back next week. But uh, I think that'll about do it for our recap. Any final thoughts for last week? Uh, any players that stood out? Um, any any news? Anything that you wanted to throw in there? Oh, man. Um, I'll give the hats off to uh, Middle Tennessee coming in and beating Miami. What a freaking turn of events that we did not see coming. Dude, that's, that was tough. That's another Texas A&M today. That's another Notre Dame. I mean... What is going on with this football season? Yeah, another another tough one. Uh, this is why we love college football because uh, you just you never know any given Saturday. It's, it's insane. Twenty twenty two. These FCS teams are juicing. I know, man. It, it just brings me back. I think that I think there's more parity in college football this season, especially um, what we've seen over the last few years. So making for some interesting results and uh one name that i wanted to throw out there a huge win for the kansas state wildcats 
Their quarterback, Adrian Martinez, formerly at Nebraska, he transferred to Kansas State. He outplayed Dylan Gabriel all night long and led his Wildcats to a win. 382 total yards, five total touchdowns, zero interceptions, did not turn the ball over. Huge win, played out of his mind. So I uh, wanted to just shout out Mr. Martinez and uh, you know his performance. And Dylan Gabriel didn't even play bad. Exactly. Dylan Gabriel didn't even have a bad game. That's just how yeah. well he played. Yeah. It's it not seems... that's not a knock on Dylan Gabriel. That's a testament to how well he played. Yeah, I think so too. It's, it's like Kansas State just has Oklahoma's number. I think it's three out of the last four years Kansas State has beaten Oklahoma. So um I don't know what it is about Manhattan, Kansas, but uh they have got Norman, Oklahoma in a chokehold. But um that's uh that's it for last week. Let's go ahead and move on to this week's games. Let's go! Let's go! All right, so let's jump into this week's Saturday Six, the six games that we are most interested to watch this week. And boy, are there some good ones. You got five of these six matchups that are top 25 versus top 25 ranked teams. So a lot of good action going down on Saturday. Let's touch on some of them. You ready? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, So SEC. We got a lot of in-conference matchups this week. This first one's in the SEC. You got number seven, Kentucky Wildcats, 4-0 on the season, going on the road to Oxford, Mississippi, facing off against number 14, Ole Miss, 4-0. Ole Miss, seven-point favorite at home. 12 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. Initial thoughts, uh, things to watch for in this game? Yeah, Will Levis is looking like the guy we want him to be. He's already surpassed the 1,000-yard passing on the season. Big question is, what can they do with Cavassier smoking the run game? I'm still kind of I, – I, I want him to have a really big game. Ole Miss, Jackson Dart has been a non-factor, dude. And this offense is doing – in this offense, he's really good at being a game manager while the offense relies heavily on their running back, uh, Keen Sean Judkins. Judkins. Sorry if I pronounced that incorrect. I always pronounce one name wrong uh, per podcast. That's my thing. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I do have uh, two little nuggets that may sway uh, the way you think about this game. The last matchup between these two schools was in 2020. It was decided by one point. It was 42 to 41. Ole Miss is in this matchup, you know, over history of all the matchups. Ole Miss is 14 and two all time at home against Kentucky. Okay. Good While point. they are like, and I don't know how this math adds up because it made no sense to me but i pulled this from the old miss website so i'm Not pretty sure it's credible guy. i'm pretty sure it's credible though uh they are 11 11 and 1 against kentucky at kentucky okay so how how they played more games at kentucky i don't know but you know whatever yeah. uh no this is like their all-time record it's not against the spread this is who okay. wins the game? Oh, okay. Um, 
So, because that's the way uh, uh, I'll let you decide. Uh, I just thought it was like pretty cool uh, nugget right there. Oh man, I got I got two, I got two. I got two scar. Sorry, I got two quick things that I wanted to throw right. in there before you make your pick. Because I think okay. these are these are two interesting nuggets. Uh, you touched on Cavassier smoke, but the caveat to that one is they do get running back Chris Rodriguez back this week. He's back um, for after serving that suspension. So that was a top running back in the SEC coming into the year. I think that makes a huge difference to be able to add an extra weapon to that offense. The will well, certainly Le- the will Levis hype. I've always been slow to jump on the bandwagon. Um, I think he's prototypical NFL quarterback size. I think he's got prototypical quarterback arm strength. And so I think um, a lot of NFL scouts light up about that. But here's an interesting split that I found. Will Levis, when facing a team outside of the top 25, 67% completion percentage, Averages 296 yards a game and more than two touchdowns. Pretty versus, damn good. Pretty damn good. Will Levis versus top 25 teams, 54% completion percentage, just over 200 yards um, passing per game, and averages about one touchdown per game. Drastic difference there in numbers. Now, you would say, obviously, he's playing against better talent. But as a probably running the ball more as a future first round NFL draft pick, wouldn't you expect your guy to bring those numbers a little bit closer together? That gives me a little bit of pause for this game. I think Ole Miss actually has the better weapons. Um, you touched on Jackson Dart hasn't been totally efficient this year. Running back Zach Evans was supposed to be the guy coming into this year, and he's uh, kind of been it's kind of been running back by committee. You touched on Judkins. 140 yards, two tutties, two, two, touchdowns. two touchdowns last week. Um, so he, he's obviously um, going to be helping them out on offense. Ole Miss hasn't played anybody yet. Um, they beat Tulsa last week by eight. Um, so not necessarily a game that, that gets you super excited about them. This one's a toss up for me. I think this one could really go either way. Um I want to take Kentucky, but I'm on the fence, so I'm going to let you pick first, and then I'll I'll base my pick off of that. So that you can just pick against me. I'll decide whether um, I want to whether I want to fade you or not. I don't know if they cover the spread. Uh, it's it's a close one if they do. It's not by much if they do. Uh, but I'm gonna have to go with the big blue. I think Kentucky's putting it together this season, dude. And you touched on it. They've got two good running backs now, man. I mean, that one-two punch is nasty. And that just opens it up more for Will Levis because they got to respect the the run game that much more, which is going to make him that much more efficient when he does end up pulling it on the play action. It's too much for Ole Miss to handle. Ole Miss's offense isn't that good it's not that good so i gotta go with the wildcats all right taking kentucky to cover that spread are you taking them to win outright screw it yeah man we'll do it yeah 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 we're we're all kentucky this week come on all right i uh not confident in that but i am confident that they cover the spread 
Yeah, I uh, I wanted to lean Kentucky in this one. Seven is just a little too big for me. It was at six and a half earlier this week. I think I might would have taken that six and a half, but for Ole Miss to win by more than a touchdown makes it tough for me. I think I'm going to take Kentucky to keep it within the seven points, but I do like Ole Miss to win this game at home. Let's go ahead and move on. Let's move out to the Midwest. You got number 18, Oklahoma, coming off of a tough loss last week. Um, Still 3-1 and on the season. Got a lot of uh, their schedule in front of them. The Big 12 is wide open right now. Um, They're going on the road to face off against an undefeated TCU Horn Frog team that is a a 6.5-point dog at home. 12 o'clock kickoff on ABC. Oklahoma really needs a bounce back win here. Dylan Gabriel. Who would have thought this kid could pick up right where the legendary quarterbacks of Oklahoma's recent past left off? I mean, this guy is straight getting it done any way necessary through the air with his legs. Doesn't matter for this guy. He's going to do what is required to win. And that is a nasty mentality for any team to have to face as the Sooners are poised for another college football playoff run. TCU does get this one at home, which I think helps them out a ton. Uh, Maybe they stay with Oklahoma for a quarter, but this one's just going to get out of hand. And I'll give you a little bit of a nugget, and there's no hiding the fact that I'm a UGA fan here, but I saw this, and I've got to address it. Oklahoma beat Kent State 33-3. UGA let up way more points than that against Kent State, dude. Uh, It's a common opponent. It's kind of unfair, yes. I don't love doing the whole common opponent thing because every Saturday, every team is different. But this Oklahoma team is primed. And, you know, what happened last week is disappointing. And that's going to light a fire under them. And... It's time for a statement win. Okay, right. I got him covering big. Covering big. I, so winning cover by... Covering big. Wow, okay. That's interesting. I, I would take Oklahoma as a 16.5 point favorite. Wow, wow, okay. Did not see that coming. I think, I don't know. TCU is a good team to me. Quarterback Max Duggan has been there for a while. He's played well against Oklahoma in the past. They also have a lot of weapons around him. Wide receiver Quentin Johnston. If you don't know the name, you should learn it. He is going to be a top wide receiver pick in the NFL draft next year. They like to get the ball to him often. He's big. He's physical. He's a red zone threat. And their running back, Kendra Miller, 142 yards last week. Um, so... I don't know. This game to me is is tricky. I think um, you touched on Dylan Gabriel, 390 total yards, four touchdowns last week. I like their running back, Eric Gray, as well. They're averaging 40 points per game this year, um, a very efficient offense, but their defense gives me a little pause. Um, if Adrian Martinez is able to do it, I think TCU has the weapons to keep this game close. Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn, we touched on what Adrian Martinez did in the air to Oklahoma last week, but combined, they both rushed for 264 yards last week. So, I don't know. If Kendra Miller is able to get the run game going here, at home, the crowd gets into it, 
Maybe they make a couple of stops. Maybe they force a turnover from Dylan Gabriel. I, th- I, th- I like Oklahoma to win and get the bounce back win, but I see it being closer than the spread. I could see uh, 38-34, uh, you know, a high scoring but close game here. I'm going to pick the Horn Frogs to keep this close and uh I don't I don't think they'll upset Oklahoma but uh but a close game. Doesn't take us long in this podcast to disagree now, does it? No, it doesn't at all. And Oklahoma, I will say they need a win because next up the Texas Longhorns, the Red River Showdown. So uh they'll definitely want to have some momentum heading into that game. Um but let's move on. Let's head back to the SEC, our second of two SEC games that we're going to pick this week. You got number two, Alabama, 4-0, going on the road against number 20, Arkansas this week. Arkansas is 3-1 after a tough, tough loss to Texas A&M last week. At home, they are 17.5-point underdogs. This was a top-10 team last week, 17.5-point underdogs. You got the 330 kickoff on CBS. You know, the trumpets blaring, the intro, all the excitement around it. This is going to be a good game, I think. Arkansas has something to prove, but so does Bama. Alabama still is not getting the respect on their name that they believe they deserve. And that could be a huge chip on their shoulder going into a big-time matchup with the Razorbacks. This is a spooky game. I would steer away from as a betting man. I mean, this is not a spread that I want to get my hands on whatsoever. Uh, I could see it going both ways. Um, But I'm going to go with Arkansas to cover, not to win, but to cover. And here's why. Alabama was a really big favorite against Texas. Texas is not as good as Arkansas. And Texas was able to cover that spread pretty easily. It's sound logic, simple but sound logic. I'm, it, it, yeah, and I'm looking for patterns here. I think this is going to be a pattern. 17, 17 and a half. You said. Yep. Uh, sorry these these spreads fluctuate so much throughout the week. Um, it's too much for me, man. It's just too much. It's it's not it's not a comfortable spread. I see a world where we come back on the podcast and I'm like, why didn't I take Alabama? It's freaking Alabama after all, but uh, that's a big one, man. And I think Arkansas has a good team and I think that they can do something, especially with this uh, Alabama receiving core. That's not the Alabama receiving core that we're used to seeing within the most recent years. So we touched on Arkansas. Well, their secondary has a little bit to prove, and uh, this is a game where they'll actually have a pretty fair matchup, I think, and it could go both ways. Yeah, no, I like I said, it's sound logic. I don't, I don't disagree at all. I think, um, I mean, I don't, I don't love comparing uh, seasons, but Arkansas beat the crap out of Texas last year, and Texas was able to hang in a game with Alabama early this year, um, narrowly losing on a last-second field goal. Um, I think obviously they're more talented than Texas and they're at home, which is a huge advantage in the SEC. Um, 
like I said, I'm buying into the Sam Pittman hype. I think the players are buying in too. I think they like playing for him. Um, I think he loves coaching at that university, and and that shows, man. Your, your players feed off of that. Um, we've talked a lot about KJ Jefferson on the pod. We've talked about Rocket Sanders, the running back. They've got some wide receiver weapons too. Um, talk about Jadon Hazelwood, big game last week against Texas A&M. Um, the former Oklahoma transfer is, is making some strides there now, um, getting up to speed in the Razorback offense. Um, we touched on the wide receiver room for Alabama. I mean, the names are there. You got Brooks, you got Holden, you got Burton, you got um, Cam Latu, the tight end. It's just Jace McClellan out of the backfield, Jameer Gibbs. The weapons are there, but for some reason, they've made it look harder than it needs to look. Um, against Against inferior competition, they're blowing them out of the water. Vandy, um, who did they play? Uh, you know, FCS West or whatever. Um, they're blowing them out of the water. Utah State. Um, but the one good team that they have played was a close game. It was a one-point win. So, um, like you said, I just think 17 and a half is too much. I think Arkansas is too talented to lose this game by more than 17 points. I like Bama to win, a huge road win nonetheless, but I like Arkansas to cover as well. So we're on the same side for the for both of the SEC games. Let's go ahead, move on. Let's go back to the Big 12. You got two top 25 teams here. Number nine, Oklahoma State. Haven't talked about the Cowboys yet this season, but they're quietly 3-0. and going on the road against number 16 Baylor, making their third appearance on the show already in this young season. Three and one, favored by two at home are the Baylor Bears. 3.30 kickoff on Fox. Usually when you see a number around two, it's kind of just a pick game. You know, it's two or less, it's like really you're just kind of picking who you would like to win. So let's do that for this game since the spread is so close. Just give me outright who you think is winning this game and why. Well, first of all, I want to see more from both these teams. This far this season, both teams, and the reason that it's a pick 'em, both these teams are teasing its fans with potentially great play. But this game is for the big dogs, and the winner of this game is going to make a big-time statement on the field Saturday. Oklahoma State Spencer Sanders will most likely hit the 1,000-yard mark Saturday uh, for passing yards and already has 10 touchdowns only one interception. I want to see more explosive big yardage plays from Richard Reese, the Baylor running back. He's averaging about six yards carry. Not bad whatsoever, but he's not breaking any right now. I think he he can break a couple. It's at home. I've done pretty good picking the Baylor Bears so far. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. In a pick him game, I got to go with the Baylor Bears. Riding with the Bears again, man. I'm hey, if that's a hill you're willing to die on, uh, I, I got to commend you there. For me, Oklahoma State has yet to be tested really this season. Um, you know, inferior opponents so far through three games, a bye week last week. Whereas Baylor has been tested, they've played a lot of good games, games that we've touched on. Um, obviously, a double overtime loss to BYU is their only loss on the season. Um, a tough game there, but then they bounced back and beat a good Iowa State team 31 to 24 last week. So um, for me, this game comes down to the quarterback running back tandems for each team. You touched on Richard Reese, the Baylor Bears running back. He's got quarterback Blake Shapin behind center. And um, I think if those two can can establish a connection early, 
Um, if, if Reese is able to open up some uh, some big runs, bring the safeties down into the box, then maybe Shapin can hit some play action throws over the top. Um, but like you said, I also love Spencer Sanders, the running back Richardson. Um, together, they combine for a potent um, run game. Sanders is elite on the ground as a dual threat quarterback. Like you said, um, over 900 yards passing through three games, 10 touchdowns to only one interception. So he's been very efficient. Um, I like Oklahoma State on the road. I think not only do they cover this spread, but uh, with it being sort of a pick 'em game, I'll pick them to win this one and uh, really start to kind of take a stranglehold on the Big 12 here as a uh, majority of teams have already got a conference loss um, other than maybe TCU and, and one or two others. So um, I like Oklahoma State. I like them to be a contender in the Big 12 this year. And I think Baylor just doesn't ha quite have enough firepower on offense to uh, pull this game out. But uh, I expect it to be a good game nonetheless. Yeah, I like the pick. Let's move on. We got two ACC matchups to wrap up the podcast. Both of these are top 25 on top 25 matchups, and they're both going to be good games, I think. First, let's touch on number 22, Wake Forest, coming off a tough loss against Clemson last week. But they're 3-1 and one on the season, showing a lot of promise um, after a great year last season. They're going to go on the road against 23rd-ranked FSU. The Seminoles get into the top 25 for the first time this year. They are 4-0. Did you think we'd be saying that? Um, I certainly didn't. Seminoles favored by a touchdown, a full seven points at home. That gives me a little bit of pause. 3.30 kickoff on ABC, another good 3.30 kickoff. Um, what, are you, what are you looking at in this game? I think this is a showdown of two teams that really could use a win here. Fans of the ACC get a rare one this early in the season. We have two potential conference champs going head-to-head -head in a heavyweight matchup right now. But I have reservations about validating FSU yet. They've played LSU close and won. Good on them. But then they played Louisville way too close. And we know that that team is bad. And I give no team at all any credit for beating Boston College. Not yet. <laughs> Not even if it was by 30? No. So what team are we going to see on the field for FSU remains a mystery for me. I need to see more. I can already hear the naysayers in my head trash-talking Wake Forest Schedule 2. Yes, they lost to Clemson, the number five school in the country, and deservingly so. Yes, their best win is against the worst team in the SEC and Vanderbilt. But I've seen way more good things out of this Wake Forest team that I'm more comfortable putting stock in that program at the moment for what they've done. I mean, Wake Forest has gotten it done. Yeah, I think uh, we've touched on both of these quarterbacks a couple times on the podcast already. Um, so I'll try to go outside of that. Um, like I said, for last week's game against Clemson, what really stood out to me was the physicality of the Wake Forest receivers. Um, outside of A.T. Perry, they've even got a few other, um, you know, really tall, lanky guys that can go up and turn a 50-50 ball into more of an 80-20 ball. Um, so I think if 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 that uh, same recipe that happened last week against Clemson is able to continue itself. Now, I'll say you played Clemson last week, a very physical team. That that weighs on you a little bit. You're a little banged up probably going into this FSU game. I don't I don't know of any significant injuries off the top of my head. Um, 
but you you got to assume that they're that they're bruised up, that they're banged up after playing a physical Clemson team. Um, quarterback Tra- uh, Jordan Travis, we touched on him plenty. Um, I think FSU really needs to establish a run game in this game. Um, if they can do that at home and keep Wake Forest's offense off the field, maybe make this a lower scoring game. I think that's their best shot to win this. Um, Travis, sixty five percent of his com- of his balls have been completions this year. Five touchdowns, only one interception. And that FSU defense has been forcing turnovers through the first four games. Um, head, co- head coach Mike Norvell has got them trending in the right direction. Um, I believe he's in his third year there. This is a tough one for me as well. I think seven is just a little too high for me. I actually do think uh, Florida State will win this game at home, a huge win for that program. But I see it being closer than seven. So... Uh... My boss is a big Florida State fan. Okay. So so choose <laughs> so, your words carefully here. Yeah. So uh, in order to get a little bit better on his good side, I'm going to take Florida State to win. But I'm going to take Wake Forest to cover. I see Florida State winning. Seven is just too much for me, dude. So, yeah. you know, the Seminoles are looking good, and I'll give them their credit. Um, until I see something negative about them, I got to give them the credit where it's due. But I think Wake Forest just keeps it a little, little bit closer and covers that seven-point spread. No, I, I'm right there with you. I, I like Wake Forest as well. I, I'll take um, – I'll take uh, – yeah, I'll take like a four-point win, something like that. But FSU uh, is not able to quite cover that seven. I think that's a little too big. Um, let's move on. I think this has potential to be the game of the week right here. You got number 10, NC State. They're 4-0, and the Wolfpack, on the season. They're going on the road to Death Valley, baby. Number five, Clemson Tigers, 4-0 and on the season. Not a lot of people talking about the Tigers right now, but they are quietly, quietly undefeated. Favored by six and a half at home. 7.30 kickoff on ABC. Uh, I will say... North Carolina State won this game last year against Clemson. So uh, if you are thinking this is an easy game for Clemson, not so fast. I'm going to read a little letter for you that I wrote. Dear NC State, congratulations playing possibly the easiest schedule in all of college football (laughs) thus far. We are proud of you for going 4-0 against the likes of each. East Carolina, Charleston <laughs> Southern, Texas Tech, and UConn. <laughs> However, I regret to inform you, it is now time to play big, big boy football, and your rude awakening comes in the form of the Clemson Tigers. Prepare for a long night. The end. Signed, Tyler. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> why, why you gotta do Clemson big like that, man? Hey, they... They, Dude, like, for the four reasons that I just gave you, East Carolina, Charleston Southern, Texas Tech, UConn, I ain't okay. seen nothing out of you, son. You you can only play who you got scheduled. That's not their fault. No, I mean, <laughs> where do I even go from there? Um, no, I yeah, I agree. North Carolina State has not been tested, and Clemson has. Um, they faced some adversity already, whether that was the first half against Georgia Tech or the entirety of the game last week against Wake Forest. So um, while we haven't seen um, them be elite yet, 
and blow a team out and make a, a good team look uh, inferior. Uh, I, I think they I think they do have the uh, the athletes to make that happen. We talked about how DJ really needed a bounce back performance after uh, not starting the year great, not being super efficient last year. Uh, a five star quarterback um, breathing down his neck um, in Kate Klubnik, 371 yards, five touchdowns, 52 yards on the ground last week in a huge win against Wake Forest. He's back. He looks like he is kind of starting to figure it out. And wide receiver Collins, wide receiver Ngata, the running back, Shipley, he's got plenty of weapons around him. And I just don't think NC State and quarterback Devin Leary have enough firepower to keep up with him. I think Clemson's defense is pissed off after their performance last week against Wake Forest. Um, Leary, the, the NC State quarterback, has looked good. 64% completion, 890 yards, nine touchdowns on the year. And their wide receiver, Thayer Thomas, 15 catches, 200-plus, two tutties on the year. But I don't think it's enough, man. I got I got Clemson big in this one as well. I don't think six and a half is nearly enough. I, I, I could see them winning this by two scores easily. So did you like it? Did you like the uh, – uh, I'd have Given to... my pick – in the form of a letter, I, I the letter great. I'd have to see the penmanship <laughs> first to uh to give it a total score. But um oh, I I, I typed it out absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it still looks like shit. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but uh no, I I I thought that was great. I thought it was um well deserved. But yeah, it's just Clemson. We've seen plenty from Clemson. I've already said earlier they are deserving of that number five spot that they currently hold um and nc state i don't how did they get to number 10 i i don't get it what have they done to earn a number 10 what not what did they do last year to be ranked highly in the preseason what have they done this year to earn a top 10 spot yeah i'll put a couple one loss teams over nc state right now yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I think um, I think I'll put up. Wake Forest over NC State, but you guys are gonna have them ranked at yeah freaking twenty two twenty two. Yeah, I put yeah. I put Florida State over NC State right now just based off what they've done. Can't argue, can't argue at all. No, I agree. I think I think we got a lot of good games though, and I think like you said, we're gonna find out so much more as we really start to jump into these conference matchups. Um, just about how these teams, um, how their season's going to shape out, and whether or not they can contend in their conference, or whether or not uh, maybe they just were a flash in the pan and showed a little promise early on, and then we'll kind of uh, settle back to home. But um, any final thoughts before we wrap up the pod from you? That's about all we got. If you enjoy what we're bringing to you, always please give us a follow, Instagram, Twitter, at Saturday Six Pod. Uh, it does wonders for the algorithm. It gets our content out to more people like you that enjoy it. So if you can, give it a like, follow, uh, rate it if you're listening on Spotify. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's probably something Just... similar on Apple Podcasts or wherever else that you find your podcast. Yeah, uh, It helps us out a ton, get out to more people that could enjoy uh, what we're bringing you guys each week. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just tell somebody about it. 
I mean, that's honestly word of mouth. That's that's the best way to to spread the word. If you uh, enjoy listening to it, um, next time you're hanging around a tailgate or hanging out with some uh, friends on Saturday, uh, tell them about Saturday Six Pod and uh, tell them to go give it a listen. And, uh, you know, we, we really appreciate you guys for checking in with us um, when you do. And uh, hope you're enjoying the show so far. We look forward to bringing you back some more college football action and six fresh new picks next week. For Tyler, this is AJ. We'll catch you guys next week.